Welcome to Realign With Your Purpose. My name is Josie Smith. I'm a serial entrepreneur, a strong and sassy Enneagram 8, and a single mom of teens. And I'm here to show you that building the dream life is possible for anyone who's willing to put in the work and invest in themselves. My true purpose here is to help you reconnect with yourself so you can realign with your purpose and reignite your dreams. I'm here to share the real, the fun, the hard, the beautiful, and the challenging parts of life as an entrepreneur, building businesses, and diving headfirst into the mindset work necessary to make all of this a reality, and doing it all as a badass single mom. You'll also get inspiring and motivating conversations and interviews with some super kick-ass women who are living out their purpose and whose experience and expertise can help you in all the different areas of your life. And who knows, maybe I'll talk to the occasional dude too. As a side note, I want to let you know, you're going to hear some language in some of these episodes, both from me and from my guests. So, If you have small kids around and you're bothered by spicy language or mature content, go ahead and grab your headphones before we get started, because we're digging into all of it, and we're not holding back. Are you ready? Let's do it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Realign With Your Purpose. In today's episode, I talk to Erica Moorhead, who is the CEO of Collaborative Planning Group. We talk a little bit about what she does and what her company does, but we focus a lot on her journey of building the company to what it is today. We talk about where she started, how she began, what led her to leaving a lucrative career to launching out on her own and starting this company from her dining room table. We talk about how this journey impacted her family, her kids, her marriage, and how, as a family, they navigated all the transitions that accompanied first her leaving a successful W-2 career to start a business from scratch, but then shortly thereafter, her husband leaving his very successful career to join her, how they went from each working 50 hours a week, sometimes more, to working together in their home to build this business. I really, really enjoyed this conversation with Erica so much, and I know you will too. So let's go. So today on the podcast, we have Erica Moorhead. Erica is an insurance strategist and the CEO of Collaborative Planning Group, where she employs a team of independent insurance brokers who work alongside financial professionals, attorneys, and their clients to provide life, disability, and long-term care insurance and annuities. Did I get that right? Yep. (laughs) I pulled it right from your website. (laughs) Glad to know that's up to date. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And the reason that I was so excited to talk to you is Because I like to talk to women, and I have a lot of women who listen who are entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs, and I like to talk to the piece of entrepreneurship that really gives you the ability and the opportunity to build your dream life, whatever that dream life looks like to you. And I see you doing that, or that really that you have 
done that and you continue to do that. I also know that you didn't start your journey out like going to school for this. You've done other things. So maybe we could just start at the beginning and you can tell us what you do and how you got started and just what that journey kind of looked like for you. Okay, perfect. Let's start with saying that I, even as a child uh, growing up on a Christmas tree farm, I was the one uh, trying to break down for my father when we needed to make wreaths every Christmas, you know, who would gather the branches and who would cut down the tree and who would make the bows and come up with the breakdown of compensation surrounding. So for example, if I got my younger sister to gather all the branches and my other sister to put it in the wreath ring, they would each get X amount of the proceeds from the sale. Now, when I approached my father with this breakdown, he, he pointed out that I was missing one major thing. And that was, I had not allocated any sort of overhead expense for the actual trees that were getting their branches cut off in order to make the wreaths. So I guess from even a young age, I probably had this entrepreneurship in me, although it was a very long journey to maybe get closer to getting it right and understanding all of the things you needed to take into consideration if you were going to be a business owner. So very indirect path. Uh, As you mentioned, I have done everything from I was a corporate trainer at a restaurant through college. I worked on a golf course. I worked for a commercial plumbing company. I've had my real estate license. I did a stint as a Mary Kay lady. Um, So many different jobs and experiences to then land in the insurance industry. And when when I first started in the insurance industry back in 2007, I would not have envisioned at this point having the company that I have today. What what I knew at that point is I'm a little hyper type A. Um, I'm a mom of four. Uh, I also said I'd never have four kids, by the way, because I am the oldest of four. So I was never going to have four kids. And when I started into this industry, I, I was interested in it because of the technical, because of the math. I love the concept behind putting together financial plans for people and being able to use software to kind of project how much money do we need to be saving? What does retirement look like? If I do want to build a portfolio of rental properties, what does that pro forma look like? Um, which I did, by the way, I had up to 10 rentals at one point until we realized that, you know, getting calls on Thanksgiving because the sink was leaking was just not something that we wanted to deal with. (laughs) So I tried a lot of things. So collaborative planning group really came out of um, necessity for my family at that time. So from 2011 to 2016, my husband and I were both working corporate jobs, uh, each working 50 hours a week, really great benefits, really awesome W-2 income. Uh, we lived on a golf course and we I think I birthed baby number three and four during that five-year window. But what we quickly realized was we were never present. Um, we were both gone at least 50 hours a week. I was traveling a lot for my job, um, helping with estate planning in a lot of rural areas. 
staying in motels, not hotels most of the time. So we we had a full-time nanny, after-school care, someone mowed our lawn, someone cleaned our house. And while that's all fine and great, when our kids would make comments like, oh, it's fine, we'll just let the cleaning lady get that. Or it's fine, people who make the lawn, the mow the lawn can, can handle that. We kind of had this like slap in the face moment where we were like, hold on, what, what are we doing here? You know, what are we teaching our children? We both were raised growing up with families that didn't have a lot of money and sure didn't have nannies and cleaning ladies or any of those things that we had just brought on by necessity because we were both so driven and so busy in our corporate lives. So we made the decision that I was going to quit first. Uh, My husband was a chief of physics and radiation oncology at the time working in the hospital. So he was actually sleeping at home most nights. There were no motels involved in uh, in his travels. And so I didn't know what I wanted to do next. I knew that I wanted to be home more and I loved the work I was doing with clients. So in my world, I get to know these families very, very well, get to understand their finances very well. And then I help them with things like their wills, their trust, powers of attorney, making sure they're bringing in state attorneys and CPAs and financial advisors that can help make their plans run. And then I would help with structuring the life insurance or the disability insurance or the long-term care so that if their plan didn't go according to plan and life happened along the way, they could still have an income coming in with disability insurance or have that life insurance death benefit to provide an income stream for their family in their absence. And with that work, I worked alongside other financial professionals. So I knew I loved the capacity that I was existing in the financial services industry. It's just that particular job at the time was taking such a toll on me and my family personally that I needed to make a change. So at that point, I started interviewing banks, trust companies, wealth management firms, and they all kind of offered me the same job. And that was to either start an insurance department for them or run an insurance department for them. And so at that point, I guess in hopes of finding this elusive work-life balance they speak of, which (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm not certain actually exists. I figured, you know what, what if I don't go be an employee for any of them? Instead, what if I just say, yes, I'll take the job, but as collaborative planning group? Because at that point, I'll just be an independent contractor so I can work as much as I want. I can set my hours. I had this really great illusion as to what that really meant. And that's what I did. I proposed that to the four companies that I had offers on the table with. And two of them told me I was crazy. And two of them said, we'll take you however we can get you. And so at that point, I needed to come up with a name and form a company. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that story. I love that. It was not a direct path. Now, what I can tell you I learned over the next you know couple years was that being a business owner as an independent insurance broker was not going to have a lot to actually do with insurance for a long period of time. I had to set up things like books and accounting systems, payroll. I had to get all these insurances like work comp and they call them box 
business owner policies for liability <laughs> and other purposes. I had to get business umbrellas. I needed to get corporate bank accounts and credit cards and file documents with the Secretary of State. There were so many things. I had to find a company that could like figure out computers and data security. And then I had to get cyber liability insurance on top of that. You have to come up with a website. How do you even buy a web domain? Uh, I don't know. There was this thing called GoDaddy that I used that I don't know why they call it GoDaddy, but that's where I went to see collaborativeplanninggroup.com was available. And in hindsight, it might be the longest email address on the face of the planet, but I didn't have the wisdom at that point to sort and see if cpg.com was available, but... Needless to say, I spent a lot of time doing things that had nothing to do with my passion. And I think that is one thing as an entrepreneur, we we very much underestimate not only how much time up front, but on an ongoing basis, we have to spend working on the business versus in the business. Especially since you started this sort of completely on your own, like you had no, you went into this thinking you were looking for a job. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, I can do this myself. Yes, I will tell you, uh, there is actually an estate attorney in town who gave me this guide. If you're thinking about starting a business, do this exercise and and work through this uh, process And it involved giant sticky notes all over my dining room. And my husband and I sitting there like answering all these questions, things like, who is your target market? Who will your biggest competitors be? All of these questions that had not even like entered my brain. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to go keep doing what I do. And I'm going to work with the advisor and work with the attorney and work with the clients and help with the insurance and so many things. (laughs) That when I look back, because don't worry, I still have those sticky notes to this day. Um, <laughs> it it just makes me laugh at how naive I was at that point. But you know, the reality was, if anybody would have tried to tell me at that point, you need to do this or you need to do that, I'm kind of one of those school of hard knocks types of people. <laughs> like I gotta, I gotta feel the pain a little bit for myself before I start valuing the advice or the solution I'm being given. Yeah, I I relate to that completely. And there's also this piece of like, I think there's value in the naivety, naivety. I don't even know how to say that word. I don't either. (laughs) There's value in that because it's like, if you know, going in all of these pieces that you're going to have to figure out, it kind of freaks you out a little bit and you kind of step back a little bit and you're like, oh shit, maybe I don't want to do this. We were just talking about that. So I resigned from my position in February and I finally like helped train, hire my replacement. I think I got off their payroll in like June or July. Come August, my husband was like, well, you have so much flexibility in your schedule. Do you need a physicist? I'm like, I don't know. Can you make a spreadsheet? Um, (laughs) And so he resigned in the same tax year. We both quit our W-2 paying jobs with like, we had just found our dream house and bought that on foreclosure the year prior. I look back on that now. I'm like, oh my gosh, we were certifiable. Like 
that was just so crazy. We had such little kids and so many obligations in this world that we both were just like, oh, oh, we're just going to quit our jobs and it's going to be fine. Right. But we didn't know what we didn't know. And to your point, had we known, we probably would have been petrified uh, and never actually made the move. So sometimes, yes, that ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love, like, I love that whole entire story. Um, so when you stepped into, well, I guess you guys both quit your jobs. So then when you started building this business, was it just you and you and him? Yes. And I had an assistant at the time who actually had resigned from the company we previously worked with a little before me. So when I went out on my own, I'm like, Hey, want to come with me? Um, <laughs> and so it was the three of us working from my house. And let me tell you that uh, the dynamic really changes when, as husband and wife, you go away from each other 50 to 60 hours a week, and you both are, you know, successful and independent in your own occupations. And then you try to come to the same office every day in the same house as husband and wife and two clueless people starting a business together. (laughs) It's a totally different dynamic. And we, you know, we struggled for several years to kind of find the balance, find, you know, the, our working mojo, if you will, Uh, that whole uh, saying of too many cooks in the kitchen that that definitely occurred a lot of times for us on different topics. Like, oh, I think we should do it this way. I think we should do it this way. No, let's do it. You know, just not agreeing on certain things and, uh, it was a process. So was it just kind of like a slow transitional process or did you guys have to just like come to the table, throw all the cards on the table and be like, look, we got to iron this shit out. We got to figure this out. (laughs) Did you just kind of do it that way? Or was it more of like a transition? Like it just kind of happened over the course of the next few years. You know, we joked for um, several years, we would go on a trip, just the two of us. We would say the first 24 hours, we would like have to have the conversations, get into the big arguments, have like the clearing of the air, come to terms with like understanding each other's perspectives and point of view, and then be able to work, work through that. And I think um, there are just so many transitions that went on for us, you know, well, for one, for my husband, being the chief of physics and radiation oncology, board certified to, hey, what do you do for a living? Uh, I work with my wife and her insurance agency, like, hello, there's a little bit of an ego blow to that. I honestly think I had more of an issue with that for him. He had a year or two that he could be out of the clinic before all of that went away. And I was the one being like, are you sure? Are you sure? You went to so much school for this. Like, are you sure? And he's like, yes, I, I, I want to be present with my family. I want to be involved in my kids' lives. And uh, so I think there was way more anxiety from me over him and his profession than he was even having himself. Uh, it was, it was a very, very interesting period of growth for each of us, just in that journey of identification. Who am I? I just wanted to take a quick second and share this incredible opportunity with you to attend an amazing event 
this September. September 22nd through the 24th, to be exact, in Denver, Colorado. The event is called Empower Her Live, and it's hosted by Keisha Getmeary, the host of the Empower Her podcast. And if you've been wanting to meet and connect with powerhouse, personal growth-focused women who could turn into the best friends you've ever had, who will be your cheerleaders, your support system, your accountability partners, your circle, or if you're wanting to challenge your perspective of yourself and your circumstances, or if you feel like you might need a little shift, but you're not sure what that looks like, or if you're just looking for real-life examples that the dreams you're building are even possible. And if you're looking to connect with the mentors or the coaches you've always wanted, but you didn't know where to find them, do not miss this opportunity to attend Empower Her Live in Denver, September 22nd through the 24th. Go to empowerherlive2023.com. I'll leave a link in the show notes. And if you want to save some money, the code Josie will get you $50 off any ticket to this event. This is like nothing you've ever experienced before. I can promise you that. The energy in this room, the fun you will have, the connections you will make, the absolute fullness you will leave this event feeling, it's indescribable. So go to EmpowerHerLive2023.com and don't forget to use the code Josie at checkout. That's J-O-S-I-E to save $50 on your ticket. And when you do get your ticket, send me a DM and let me know you're going to be there in Denver September 22nd through the 24th because I would love to find you and hang out. You know, as a mom who's hyper type A. I think even I can remember when I was young feeling this, you know, terror of, I have a desire to be a mom, but I also have this just innate drive inside me. I want to work. I want to drive. I want to build. I want to grow. And the guilt that would fluctuate back and forth. Like if I'm at home being like, oh, there's so many more things I need to get done at work. And I, am I going to let this client down if it takes me an extra two days to get that done versus when I was at work, like, Ooh, I'm not going to be home and I'm not going to have time to make dinner. And you know, it's, it's a process. (laughs) So what was that transition like for your kids then? Cause you had four kids at home at the time or you had two and then you had two more and, and they were used to you being gone, both of you, 50 hours a week. And then all of a sudden you're both at home. Yeah, that was weird. Um, <laughs> it's weird for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so there are there is a 10-year age difference between my oldest and my youngest. And so my first two had the one version of me. <laughs> the younger <laughs> two have had a completely different experience. And we've talked about that just in that we were very absent. You know, the, the period of time that my younger two are in right now, like just having turned 10 and almost turning 12, you know, this is the period of time that my older two were in when we were in the thick of it, just running a million miles an hour. And I think we've, we've seen, we've witnessed firsthand the, the consequences of the relationship with the children 
they're, they're very different. The relationship between the older two and the younger two. I mean, I think they will all agree that we absolutely care. Um, but the younger two have definitely had more of us imprinted upon them, if you will, like who we are, our values, what we think, how we feel just because they've spent so much more time with us. And they've been able to participate in more activities because we have more time than we had back then. So, I mean, I think there's, there's good and bad to both, right? My older two children are very independent because they sort of had to be, (laughs) Uh, nobody else was there to help with some of that stuff, you know, from college application processes, all of those things. I mean, we were very much, they just handled it because they are very independent and they can handle those things. And my younger two, don't get me wrong, are still very independent, but it's just a, it's, it's a different, it's a different experience that they've both had. So I guess in summary, just thinking about our jobs and our careers and what that looks like and being realistic with ourselves about the amount of time that we're willing to sacrifice. My second one now moving off to college, you just, you don't get that time back. Yeah. There have been some just like along the transition and as you have moved into kind of owning this business and this business, just getting to the size that it is and what you guys are doing. And I mean, you have, how many employees do you have now? There's 14 of us here currently. Okay. So, I mean, it's a significant, I mean, it's a significantly sized business and you're able to step away now and you weren't able to necessarily do that early on when it was just you and your husband. Right. So like that transition into, into growing the business from just you and your husband and your assistant into now having 14 people working in this company. And now you are able to travel. You're able to take your kids and, and, and go to Italy and they're able to play soccer in Italy. Like it's wild. I look at these pictures that you're posting online and I'm like, it is beautiful. I just love it. But like that transition, just two people to being now 14 and now being able to do what you're able to do. How did that come about? Very painfully. <laughs> um, candidly, I personally was probably one of the biggest inhibitors of growth for a period of time. Because when you are in a business, when you are the one doing all of the things, you you get to the point that you're just so busy and you're so inundated that you're finally like, I need help. But then finding the time to truly hire help, onboard help, train the help, to be able to do all of that when you're already like way max over capacity is super, super hard. So like lesson learned, hire long before you think you need help because you'll actually have the time to properly onboard and train your help. That is definitely something I did not do. And then in order to grow a business, if you're a bit of a hypertype A control freak like I am, uh, it, it is hard delegating and letting go of the mind on some things and truly letting those people around you, they have to learn, they have to grow. I learned a lot and grew a lot through failure. It's kind of like with raising your kids. If you don't let them fail, they won't learn. There's growth in failure. But having to onboard people and know that you got to sit there and watch them fail sometimes is like, oh, excruciatingly painful for (laughs) for my personality. And so I think 
I finally kind of put someone in a position to be able to uh, kind of be a buffer between me and the rest of the team so that I had to let go. And that really is what has allowed us to grow. Um, You know, you talk about the trips. It's really funny. Uh, My husband had traveled a lot when he was younger and I never really had had that opportunity. And so we went over to Europe. We went to France literally a year ago. I was in France a year ago. I've been to Europe four times in the last year. What? <laughs> now my kids should, should just tell me, mom, you went a little bit of overboard. We'd like to stay home. <laughs> we don't want to miss any more school like that this school year. Uh, so I guess there's probably a happy medium that as usual, I am once again trying to find. Is there anything, is there anything that you've kind of had to sacrifice in order to build and run this business. I know that there was a lot that you sacrificed before starting this business, which is what led you into starting this business. But has there really been like, has there been anything that you've had to sacrifice in the building of the business and in what you do, you know, that maybe you didn't necessarily have to sacrifice before? Yeah. So I, I think that originally, you know, when I had the job being an employee, I was sacrificing time and there was expectations that other people put on me that I had to meet, right? So I had to go do the things that I had to do. When you own your own business, when you're not home or not present or working long hours, it's your business. It is your choice. And yes, you're trying to meet the demands and the obligations of other people, your clients, your, you know, centers of influence, people you want to maintain good relationships with, but it's you, you are the driver of how much you're going to work and how hard you're going to work and how long you're going to work. And that kind of changes, I think, other people's perspective. Like if somebody, you know, my husband, oh, you had to stay late tonight because the machine broke down, right? Nobody faults him for that. They're mad at the machine or the service guy who's late or whatever it is. But, oh, mom worked late tonight. But wait, isn't she the boss? This is her choice. It's The perception is completely different. And I think for me, um, while yes, I might have physically been home more, I think mentally you get so engaged and so excited about the opportunity that it can become, you know, it can completely absorb all of your time, energy, and attention. And I find myself even sometimes now, like I'm here and I'm present and I'm sitting on the sideline of the soccer game, but guess where my mind's at? It's over here working out the facts of the case, trying to figure out how I'm going to design some sort of plan. Uh, so that that separation, when you do get the opportunity to work in a job that doesn't feel like work, it becomes your passion. So you love to do it and it becomes your hobby because you love to do it. It can be really challenging putting boundaries around yourself on, you know, what's what's a healthy level of interaction <laughs> between me and myself who <laughs> at this business versus um, the rest of the world. So I did get to a point where I found myself feeling almost like a bystander, like life was passing by and I was there, but I wasn't 
experiencing it because my mind was always somewhere else. I I can totally see that. I feel that totally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's actually talk about some of the products and the services that you do provide, just in case anybody listening, you know, might be looking for or needing what it is that you do. Sure. Well, we try to take, you know, terrible things to talk about, like dying and becoming disabled or needing long-term care, you know, and make it a pleasant conversation. I think our main purpose, passion, goal is to make sure that people get the opportunity to get access to objective information, to really understand what life lives like now, right? That's pretty easy. People get their paychecks or they have their wage and they understand like what their monthly cash flow looks like if they're working. But what does it look like if you're disabled? You know, if you're sick and you have that cancer diagnosis and you're going to be working through some treatments and some surgeries, or if you're injured, you get in that bad car accident or you have that stroke where you're being rehabilitated, where, where's the money going to come from each month? And lots of people say, oh, my employer, I have group insurance and lots of people do have group insurance, but there's a lot of fine print to that. Uh, from entrepreneurs, there is no group insurance. So <laughs> unless you figured out the program, you don't have it. So we just help people understand what does life look like when they're alive and well and working? What is that income going to look like if something happens, they're disabled, you know, illness or injury? And then what happens if there's a premature death? You know, we we spend our lives working and saving money, hopefully saving money towards retirement. So that someday this portfolio of investments can get up and go to work every day so we don't have to, right? That portfolio is supposed to earn the income that we get to spend in retirement. Well, premature death works the same way. So we just make sure that there's going to be enough life insurance to come in, get up and go to work every day and generate that replacement income for the family. And then finally, with long-term care. No, it's not nursing home insurance as people tend to think (laughs) it is. It's not a place, Um, but just at that point in our lives when we can no longer safely, independently get through our daily routine, turns out that those that love us and care about us, they're going to try to help us. And odds (laughs) are, if anybody's worked through that experience with their parents, they're going to be a giant pain in the (laughs) you-know-what. Because we don't want to acknowledge that we are maybe losing our independence or losing our ability to be completely independent in our daily routines. And so we just help families figure out, you know, what resources do they want to have those that love them and care about them? What resources do they want them to have access to at the time that they're maybe not going to be welcoming the the suggestion that they need to bring in home health or they need some assistance or maybe need to transition to a facility. So that's what we do. And those are super important conversations to have with your family, with your partner, with your parents, with your kids. And they're the conversations that nobody actually wants to have, but they're so important because they provide so much freedom to the potential future caregivers to really know what it is that you actually want so that they can step in and help in a way that is honoring and loving and and is in a way that is actually in alignment with what it is you actually want. Exactly. 
And you were able to communicate that at a point in your life where you were able to reason and rationalize it in in a much less fear-based situation. Whereas at the time people kind of get to those more advanced ages, a lot of fear tends to set in and that fear really kind of skews the way the mind tends to reason and rationalize some of those decisions. Yeah, absolutely. This was a great conversation. I appreciate you coming on and talking with me. Is there anything else that maybe we didn't cover that you wanted to mention or talk about or bring up or dig into a little bit? And if not, that's fine. But I just kind of want to give this invitation at the end. Um, If there's anything else that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, well, I think as you probably have heard, I'm a pretty open book. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, happy to comment on anything else or if questions come up in the future, just let me know. Awesome. And if somebody wants to connect with you, is your website the best way to do that? Yep. As I kind of mentioned, the long, maybe the longest one in the face of the universe, just collaborativeplanninggroup.com all spelled out. Awesome. I'll, I'll leave a link in the show notes so that they don't have to type (laughs) it out. They can just click. That's very nice of you. Awesome. Thank you, Erica. It was fun to talk to you. Yes, you as well. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. All right. We'll talk soon. Let's go. Thanks for tuning in to Realign With Your Purpose. My intention is that the messages I share here in this podcast help you experience a mindset shift as well as actual transformation and growth. If you found value in today's episode, please share it with a friend so they can experience the growth and transformation that you found in these messages. Or take a screenshot and share it on Instagram and be sure to tag me so I can personally thank you for spreading the message and encouraging everyone to believe in themselves and their dreams. And it would mean the world to me if you would take 30 seconds and give the podcast a five-star rating wherever you listen. And if you can, write a little review. These ratings and reviews are everything to podcasters. And they help me to be able to continue to show up week after week with messages like the one I shared today and to do so at no cost to my listeners. And as a thank you for writing out a review, if you write out a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, screenshot that review and send it to my DMs. I'll send you a free gift. And if anything I talked about today really spoke to you, Send me a DM about that too, because I would love the opportunity to have a conversation with you. As always, it's been an honor to share this time with you today. And until next time, you got this.